0: hello welcome to remote patrol oh boy it's been a long time since i said that (laughs) i never know i like the way that
1: i like the way you say oh boy just oh boy it it makes it makes
2: (laughs) me laugh every time i love it
0: i practice (laughs) i genuinely just sit and practice oh boy oh boy oh boy (laughs) yeah just then you you just pull one out of the bag when you need it oh boy (laughs) Uh so Scott and I have returned to talk about Quantum Leap because why the hell not? It's an awesome show. So we're here to do season two. Oh yeah. Uh and we're joined by a special guest. Scott, would you like to introduce our special guest?
2: Absolutely. Um I've been looking forward to this for many, many days. It's seriously only been days. Uh, We had already planned to resume production of the podcast, and about a week before recording this episode, my YouTube app said, hey, you might like this video. It's about Quantum Leap. So I I, I tapped on it, and I watched the whole thing. I think it was about 20 minutes or so. And after listening to uh, the star of this YouTube channel discuss a lost ending for the series finale of Quantum Leap the first thing i said to myself was i wonder if she'll come on the show and sure enough she did uh, we have obscurus lupa am i saying that right yes otherwise known as alison pregler of movie nights and am i missing any other uh, series titles or other uh, web, websites that you're attached to. I, I've heard some websites that your uh, videos appear on, but I think those were older episodes and I don't know if it's still accurate. So th- this is the chance for you to to plug yourself and not have to worry about me messing it up.
1: Okay. Well, uh, movie nights is the main one. Uh, I used to do it under Obscurus Lupo Presents. Uh, people might know me from That Guy with the Glasses or Channel Awesome, which I'm not part of anymore. Um I'm on YouTube.com under Movie Nights the Series, or on Phalus.com, and uh, what I do is review movies or TV shows and various other mishmash, and and try to make them funny. Um, usually, uh, so bad it's good movies. Uh, I also do a series called Baywatching, where I talk about every episode of Baywatch, and uh, I think those are kind of the biggies.
2: <laughs> um, I I did in the day or two after. I uh, reached out and contacted you about being on the show. I did a not really a deep dive, but a medium dive into movie <laughs> nights. Usually sticking just with movies that I've seen. Um, mm. So, you know, I, I didn't catch uh, Fright Night, for example. But uh, she does. Uh, and listeners, if you're familiar with this movie series, you will appreciate the fact that not enough people on YouTube will take the time to make fun of these movies, but allison did it american ninja <laughs> one through five that is oh, I an love awesome, american ninja
0: awesome selection of films
2: <laughs> this, michael I, dudikoff's the best
1: isn't he he had that he absolutely. had that show called uh, called cobra that he did and uh mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a very good show but i liked michael dudikoff in it so <laughs> i had the the principal from back to the future pretty good
2: Oh, oh right that um uh wait a minute. James Tolkien. Sure. I, I haven't looked yeah. that up, but sure. That sounds right. <laughs> well, see, he I hold him close to my heart because he was in The Masters of the Universe film, which no one thinks is as good as I think it is. Oh, it's fun. I love it. I love that film. Um also your review of Showgirls 2, which I never knew existed, was phenomenal.
0: I've seen Showgirls oh, thank you. 2. My friend was in You've it. You've
1: seen it? Your friend was in it. Who, yes. who was he in that?
0: Or right, she, she. It was uh, right, and I'm. I'm still meaning to bring this up with her if I see her again. This is a friend from university uh, who went out to LA to pursue acting, and she ended up. She got a small role in Showgirls too, and that's all we'd heard. Uh, my friends and I, and so we were very curious. Like, how is she? What role is she playing in Showgirls too? As if that's the thing, but. This this So we I acquired a copy of Showgirls 2, watched the whole fucking movie, and she's not in it all the way what? up until the last maybe five or six seconds of the film where it's what? a lineup of people in a police station and she's one of the people in the damn lineup.
1: You, you sat through two and a half hours yeah. to get to that.
0: Yeah. So the whole thing.
1: <laughs> you know, you know, what's weird about that movie too. Um, I feel kind of bad about how hard I was on it in the video, just cause, uh, Rena Riffle who stars and, and, uh, directed it and wrote it and all that. She, uh, she's super cool on Twitter. She's really nice. Um, and she was also an extra in a couple episodes of quantum leap. If you guys didn't know that. Um, but she uh, she was super nice about it. And uh, I saw there's another cut of Showgirls too, that's completely like a different genre, like almost completely different because they shot so much other footage and it's more like a, a horror movie. It's very strange, <laughs> but I but I feel like it was a better version of it than the, the one that was uh that I reviewed.
0: Yeah, it was they, not no, a good
2: film. They have to release it as Showgirls 1.5, and have it be <laughs> a subsequent It it's like it is what, released under
1: like a a you know alternate cut title or something, so it is available for purchase for people.
2: Okay, rather like Wake Up, Ron Burgundy. If anyone's ever heard of that, I've seen uh, that, that as the, well. That's
1: another cut of uh of Anchorman.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's it it's an entirely separate movie that they made just from the leftovers of the first one.
1: Oh man, yeah, that's kind of what happened there with with Showgirls too. Did you guys know Rena Riffle was in Quantum Leap a couple times? I
0: did, did not. not know that. No.
1: She's a uh, she's in um, Glitter Rock and Miss Deep South, so uh, I don't know. Keep an eye out for her if you're when you guys get to those in season two. Oh,
2: now we will. Or
1: three, actually, season three. It might be twenty twenty-five
0: have, by the time we get to. Uh, <laughs>
1: you guys will remember that in, like, two years when you get to that.
2: <laughs> that, that that's not a pen. That's a syringe. What's this? this is, that, that's a ruler. See, if
1: you want useless quantum leap trivia, I know that. I have very few skills in life, but I got that.
0: Always up for some useless quantum leap trivia. I actually wanted to ask you, because I haven't had chance to watch the video yet, about this alternate ending thing. Um, basically what's that about
1: (laughs) (laughs) well um it's been floating the script for this has been floating around on the internet for a long time because there is a, a script of this ending uh on uh owl's place which is um an old quantum leap site it's still going uh but it's been going for a long time and they have all sorts of archives of quantum leap things and they have some script transcripts and um they had one for Mirror image, which has this ending. And whenever he was asked about it, uh, Donald Belisario said that it was just fan fiction. Like it, it wasn't real. And I still don't know exactly why, but, uh, he's always said that it, it didn't exist. Um, but we did know that there was a leak of part of, of this alternate ending. um, that there is video of, which is a picture of Al and his family. And uh, for people who aren't familiar with the ending of Quantum Leap, I, I don't know if anyone's listening that uh, that maybe uh, is watching along with you and hasn't seen the ending, but uh, I'm going to be I talking
2: about that here. So Sometimes we kind of come and go as far as series spoilers. I think we try to keep it... A- a bit nebulous for people who are doing this for the first time, but for a discussion like this, yeah, you, you at least have to open it up for spoilers for the series finale. So I, I
0: would say so. Also, don't watch along with us; it's taking us ages, honestly. <laughs> just watch it; it's a TV show. You know,
1: it's it's been around for thirty years, so yeah. I think uh, it, I think time. you you can binge it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I just didn't. I can't talk about it without talking about the actual ending of it. So spoilers. Um, anyway, the ending of mirror image is, uh, Sam leaping out, uh, as himself and the end title card that says that Sam never returned home. And, uh, it also explains a bit about what happened with Al because he restores his marriage to Beth and they have, uh, four daughters together and they live happily ever after. And they filmed another ending or an extension of that ending, uh, that no, we didn't know it was filmed until I, uh, found the evidence here. And, uh, this alternate ending is Al and Beth together looking at a picture of Sam and discussing, trying to find him. And there was two different versions of this. There's a version where Beth just says, you're going to find him because that's what friends are for. And then there's another version where she convinces Al to go leap after him and Al, uh, Leaps after him, ends up in the bar and then leaps out to a bar in the future as a woman, uh, which is pretty funny to read. Um, I don't think they filmed that version, though. I think it's just that you're going to find him because that's what friends are for because they weren't sure if they were going to do a season six or not. And uh, and I discovered that this alternate ending exists uh, because I like it was completely by accident, which is really what baffles me, like just by chance. Uh, I was buying some negatives off of eBay, um, of just uh, production photos that they were taking during the shoots. Uh-huh. And you know, some TV shows will have you know production photographers, and they'll um, take uh, pictures to use for advertising or promos or whatever. Uh, and there's a lot of outtakes and things that just sit around. And uh, I bought it off of eBay this this lot of like fifteen hundred pictures or something from just various episodes. And the lady didn't know that these were in there. I didn't know they were in there. And when I was looking through these photos, I was looking at the little strips trying to figure out what episodes they were. And I came across these and I didn't know what I was looking at at first. like that. I was like, this looks an awful lot like that ending that I read that they said didn't happen. Um, and it just, it it blew my mind. It took a, a little bit of time for it to sink in. And, um, I ended up scanning them in, doing a video yep. about it. Got an article on io9. It's been uh, pretty cool.
0: Excellent. Wow. I need to buy more stuff off eBay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think if the lady had known what they were, she would have charged more. But
0: <laughs> Right.
1: <laughs> now, it's been what... cool to hear from, from other people, though, the other Quantum Leap fans, because there's been a lot of people that they... They like that this was revealed because it does give a little bit more uh, closure to some things. Because it, it is just an add-on, essentially. But it also clarifies, like, once Sam changes Al's life, Al is still part of his life. Because it is a little bit nebulous in the actual ending if, like, he still remembers him, if he was part of the project. And and so it's nice to kind of clarify those things. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, when you when you found these photos and you made your, um, your video about them, is that what prompted, uh, your, uh, getting into contact with the quantum leap podcast or was that happening before you, before you put up this video?
1: Uh, I had contacted them before and I'd done some editing for them. Um, I, uh, basically like those are the nicest guys, by the way, like they're, they're so cool. And, uh, uh, I had contacted them asking if they needed some help cause they'd, they'd had a break too, uh, with their, their podcast for a year or so for other reasons. And, uh, and they said they could always use some help doing some audio editing. Uh, so I had helped them edit, uh, an interview with, uh, Dan Birch, who is, uh, he was the magician in the great Spontini, the mirror image. And, uh, so I'd done a little bit of that before that came out and, uh, I hadn't told them I was doing it. I was kind of saving it as a surprise until I had everything scanned in. And so, uh, when I put the video up and showed it to them, all of a sudden everyone was very talkative and <laughs> <laughs> wanted to know everything about what had gone on there. And um, the guy, uh, the, the main guy who hosts at Albie, he um, he's been a fan of Quantum Leap since. Since he was a kid, and so, uh, and and I am relatively new to the fandom, and in uh, comparison, like it's been the last five years or so that I actually first watched it. Um, So it's it's nice to be able to share this with people that have been fans since you know 1989, and and people that it really meant a lot to them as as children, and to discover something new about it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty phenomenal.
2: It was. An example of how to, to, to a small degree, quantum leap into a larger degree, um, you know, modern social networking can really pay close attention and still bring people together because a few days after I reached out to you to invite you to be on this show, um, it occurred to me, you know what, there's someone that I know that I can probably go to and say, Hey, watch this video on YouTube. You've probably never heard of it. And And just be jealous of the fact that the person that the the girl who made this video is going to be on our podcast when we when we restart it. And it's going to be awesome. And then (laughs) I open up Facebook and Facebook says, here are some suggestions for new friends that you can make. And about five people in on that list was Allison Bregler. (laughs) And under Allison, well, first off, I'm saying Facebook. How do you know? I did not use (laughs) Facebook to get in touch. But I think, yeah, I saw you on YouTube and I used Twitter to reach out to you initially. Facebook was not involved at all. But now Facebook says, hey, do you know this person? You two should be friends. And underneath your name, one mutual friend. What? So I go ahead and I bring up the profile and sure enough, you also know Christopher D. Philippus. Yeah. And I have been on uh, several podcasts with him on the Cosmic Potato Network. Um, uh, one or two episodes of Cosmic Potato, and then a few episodes of uh, the Simply Syndicated S- Star Trek Discovery After Show.
1: Cool. Um, yeah, he's got a great voice, and he did oh, the. Yeah. Uh, he wrote the the Quantum Leap novel, Foreknowledge.
2: Right? I I have been meaning yes, he did, and I've been meaning to get a copy for about three months, but I just haven't found the opportunity to make it to the uh, used bookstore that my wife and I prefer to go to um it's a a, about a half hour drive away from our house and we can easily spend two three hours just wandering around that store every time we go Uh, i'm usually floating around the star trek section um and a little bit in the quantum leap section i picked up the final novel in the tie-in series
0: Um,
2: oh uh, it was mirror something or other was the last one mirror's edge yes mirror's
1: edge yeah um I I, yeah they, i've read all of them they're uh i liked chris's novel a lot
2: it had a really interesting concept mm-hmm. i'm i'm definitely looking forward to get my hands on it i know that that store has uh, a few copies of it so i'll be able to get one uh so the trick will be mailing that book to chris to get an autograph on it and then have him mail it back <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's really cool yeah I, I haven't had a chance to talk to him one-on-one we've, we've messaged on uh facebook a little bit because uh I was also going to talk with him on the, uh, the quantum leap podcast about the negatives as well. So make the rounds on the the quantum leap podcasts, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He,
2: he was, he was, to be honest, he was the one that outed you to me that you were um, going to be working with the quantum leap podcast, at least to have a discussion about uh, this video that we're discussing today. Um, which is why I was able to say, when did you get involved with them? I probably should have given that a little bit of preamble. Because now it just sounds like I know too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, th- I think if you look up anything about Quantum Leap fandom, you'll probably find me in there. So, so <laughs> I just assumed. I'm so used to everything I'm doing, like just being on the internet. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, that's that's uh, sure.
2: It seems like Right. <laughs> um, it was... Now, but b- before I uh, launch into this next bit, um, I want to give Richard a chance to talk because uh, sometimes I kind of steamroll over him with my going it's, on's and no, on's.
0: it's fine. It's fine. You just you carry on. It's all right. I'll oh, boy. On. I have nothing to say.
2: <laughs> Callback. Title. Title shot. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, Richard has already heard this next thing that I'm going to talk about. Um, and listeners of the show have already heard it because we... Uh, Included it in one of our early episodes uh, when we didn't want to talk about an episode of Quantum Leap, but we wanted to even out our episode numbers with the series. So we made up a topic saying what what could Quantum Leap have done if they had kept going or if they decided to bring it back? And I had mentioned this to you, Allison, in, uh, in the emails that we were trading back and forth, that with this lost ending, it would even more dovetail into – the the relaunch pitch that I had cooked up ab- about two years ago or more when I said, you know what I miss on television? Quantum Leap. Now, Scott Bakula is often busy. He's got other TV shows that he's doing, and Dean Stockwell is probably not in uh, in the best shape to continue doing television, apparently. He is um, not not in the best of health these days. So you would need... A story and a plot that would continue Quantum Leap, not not redo it, but continue the original story, but in a way that doesn't require Sam and Al to really be there. So I'd gone through this pitch on an early episode of our show, and I did it again on an episode of um, Cosmic Potato. And uh, Chris DeFilippis was on that episode, and I was saying it basically all to him. I'd written down my outline and everything. And I probably took way too long. But at the end of it, he said, I don't know if it would work as television, but if it was fan fiction, I would read the shit out of it. (laughs) And then he went on to tease me like I've never been teased, saying maybe I can reach out to Albie and give him a, a quick once over on that pitch and see if he could maybe utilize some of his connections and reach out to Deborah Pratt.
1: she, she, um, she's been wanting to reboot the series for a while. She wrote a a book about it Mm -hmm. that she, she wasn't able to publish for whatever reason. But, um, I don't know if you guys know in, in 2003, they did write, um, a script for a reboot series. Uh, and it ended up not getting made, but, uh, they talked about it in, um, beyond the mirror image, the book by, uh, Matt Dale. And, uh, so it, there was a script for a reboot and there's been other attempts as well. Um, I don't think it's just Deborah Pratt, though. It's it's also Donald Belisario. And uh, this goes deeper into like it, them both agreeing on something. And I think that's why it it hasn't really come to pass. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, <laughs> so basically all I was saying was that there there has been some attempts and I'm sure like Deborah Pratt would uh, would like to hear it. But I, I, I don't think it's just her.
2: Right. I, I think I'm I'm pretty sure that I read somewhere that a a reboot script or a TV movie script had been written. Um, if anything has made it out into the wider world about the content of that script, I haven't read anything about it. All I know is that oh, it was um, written, it it exists. But that's about all I know.
1: Well, I can tell you from uh Beyond the Mirror image what it was was it was about Sammy Joe which was uh, Sam's daughter that he conceived during season five. Do you guys remember this or know what I'm talking about? Oh, I
0: remember. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So it's about her. They changed some details, but basically what it would have been was um, Alice is working on this. Like he's, he's rebuilt the project because they shut down the original Quantum Leap project. And he meets up with Sammy Joe at college. So they change some things about like her birth date and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, ends up getting her involved with trying to find Sam. And uh, so they have like uh, a couple or a few years that she leaps into, including like um, September 11. They have something involving that. And there's a little bit involving Sam himself. Uh, and it would have followed her trying to find Sam.
2: That. I should have known when I first came up with with this idea that if anyone wanted to do a, a relaunch or a continuation of Quantum Leap, Sammy Joe was going to be an obvious pick because I, she she was in my idea as well. And, and how can you not really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was had, part of your pitch as well. Uh, yeah, it, it was um, rather than her being the one that leaps, uh, it would be uh, two people that would be leaping and probably not, you know, I'm sure that sometimes we could have these characters leap at the same time, but if we're going to be doing, um, you know, a, a short season where each episode is going to be a different leap then one episode, it would be, um, I know I gave, this, I gave this character a name, but I, I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember what I name. I, I come up with names within about five seconds, and I don't memorize them. So when I try to revisit <laughs> stories that I've, that I've cooked up in my head, I don't remember them. Um, but it would be one man from the future when the Quantum Leap Project has grown and has become an international uh, uh, thing, an inter- international fixture. In the world and he is fairly high up in it and he has decided you know what things would be better we're in a lot of trouble things would be better if sam beckett had never been lost in time because he's still out there doing his own thing but he never comes back to the real world no one can see him or talk to him we just know he's out there doing things so this fella decides to uh, break all the rules gets into the quantum leap accelerator and he has found a way not just to send like his body into someone else's body, but they have managed actual straight up time travel. So he travels back to what would be the present day when the show is made. And this would probably have to change because it'd be hard to get Dean Stockwell to come back. But he shows up and finds Al who is still like a very senior member of what remains of the quantum leap project. He shows up and says, my name is, whatever. I'm from the International Quantum Leap Project. I'm here to help you find Dr. Samuel Beckett. Boom, credits. And as we build the story, it would be that character and Sammy Joe, either alternating or together, following clues to figure out where Sam could be. Because he will... Sam's consciousness in this pitch is what's leaping place to place. He doesn't replace anyone's body. No one shows up in the waiting room. He just kind of inhabits their body puts the mind of the person he's leaping into kind of on pause and puppets them around for a while until he fixes what's gone wrong. And then he leaps out to the next one and he's been doing it for so long that all he is, is consciousness and he has trained himself to read the situation and almost in a Ziggy like fashion into it, what needs to be done so he can show up, he fixes the problem sometimes in like, you know, five minutes, boom, done, leap out again. And he's just ping ponging across time, fixing as many uh, things gone wrong as possible. But since they don't really have a way to track him, they just have a few clues. So the first season is Sammy Joe and this other guy following these clues through leaps to try to track down where he is. Because if they can catch him, if they can be at the right time and place when he leaps in somewhere, then... They can talk to him. And when, where I thought I was getting sort of clever was when I came up with the idea of we get to the end of the season and we find out that Sam is no longer leaping from one place to another. But he has been captured by Lothos, the evil Ziggy.
1: Well, for how long, though?
2: Well, <laughs> well we, we can we, we can. We can decide that later. Maybe he's been captured for a year or, you know, maybe five or maybe. Because okay, I mean, maybe,
1: like if it was like the whole, like, you know, 25 years since the show, like that's a little cruel. <laughs> yeah, not not,
2: not not the whole time. He he had oh, enough okay. time to spend quite a while doing good leaps, but somewhere okay. along the Intriguing. way, somewhere yeah. along the way he got caught.
0: you you got okay. to explain those couple of years in Starfleet as well. It's going to be difficult.
1: well he he took a stop off at new orleans after that so
2: right (laughs) and that that's one of the reasons why i had to make sure we we need something where we can use scott Bakula to play sam but just a little bit so he can you know take a weekend away from filming ncis to do an episode to do like a season finale of this quantum leap show and then disappear again
1: (laughs) You know, I think that was that was exactly what they did with that uh, the 2003 script because he was doing Star Trek at the time. So there was a little bit of Sam, and then the rest of it was uh, was uh, Sammy Joe for exactly those reasons.
0: I hear if you just tell him he'll, he can sing, he's there in a shop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you have a piano, you'll lure him out. Just put yeah. a piano and a box with a with a um, a stick, with a, with a and stick then he'll it. go underneath <laughs> it to play the piano. That's how Lothos captured Sam, actually.
2: There, there we go. I, I, I like that. We'll, we'll use that. Um, so in, in the season finale, they they find Lothos and I, either Lothos is holding Sam's consciousness um, or You know what? Wow. I think I I think I'd come up with a way for for Lothos to have like found Sam's body somehow or to have pulled his body from. I don't know. We'll call it the time stream. Or the well, you know, streak.
1: in the uh, in the season or the series finale, he was leaping as himself, so it could have just been that rather than going with the consciousness idea. You,
2: you're, you know what? You're right. He he could he could just be doing time travel rather than leaping from person to person.
1: Yeah, that's what because he did he, uh, in the bar, and then when he went back to, be- to,
2: to Beth, talk to Beth, he was talking about yeah. as himself, right? Okay, so we can do that. Excellent. Good.
1: See, right. you ironed out all the problems.
2: All right, you, you, you're you're getting you're getting a story by credit on this. Okay. okay, good. So Lothos has captured Sam, and either Lothos will be in the present day when the show is being made, or in the future that our our future uh, quantum Leap guy came from. But they track down Lothos. They have to fight several because Lothos has expanded and doesn't just have one evil leaper now. Lothos has multiple. So we'll get a nice, you know, action set piece with multiple bad leapers. At that point, Lothos leaps his artificial intelligence into the body of Sam Beckett.
0: Okay, this is so all a bit mental now. Right,
2: exactly. It, it gets a little crazy at the end at the end of the season.
0: Does this season end with finding a way to link the Star Wars and Marvel universes? <laughs> it can if it's, you really it's... need it to. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, there's been um, stories kind of like that. If we're going to go into deep, like, fan fiction territory here, I, I know some that are kind of like that. The uh, Did you ever read any of the virtual seasons that they did on House no, Place?
2: No. Or have you I, heard of them? I did not. See, I, I have not. I am I know I visited there once or twice and taken a brief look around, but I haven't done a whole lot of uh, – I haven't spent a whole lot of time on, on that site. So all the cool fan fiction stuff and the news bits – I'm not as familiar with it. See, it's after we bring our guests on the show that's when we tip our hand to how little we know about Quantum Leap. We we can't <laughs> let them know that ahead of time. We, we well, wait until they're well into the well. Let me ask you this: show.
1: like, I I have not listened to your show, so I I don't know. Like, have you guys been watching it since like you were kids and you're revisiting
0: it, or or what's your story with Quantum Leap? I I watched it when it originally aired.
2: Hmm. And as did I. I it wasn't. It wasn't appointment television for me at the time, but um, a a short while after uh, it aired on television, I did manage to go back and catch uh, pretty much everything, you know, in syndication and in reruns. So I've seen the whole series, not when it was first aired, but but since then, I enjoyed it while it was airing, but I wasn't able to watch it all the time. I filled in the gaps afterward.
1: Okay, cool. I, I, uh, I don't remember it ever being on. Um, So like uh, my boyfriend, Phelan, he was really into Quantum Leap. And that's why I ended up watching it, you know, about five years ago. But all I'd I'd heard the name, but it was never on TV and I never caught it. So uh, all I knew about it was it was a time travel show called Quantum Leap. And I thought, well, that that name just sounds science-y. I don't know. So I, (laughs) I never looked into it. And uh, and when I finally watched it, you know, it was, it was completely different. It just blew me away, and I just became obsessed with it. So uh, I I don't know why I never saw it on. Apparently, a lot of other people caught it in reruns, but uh, I never did. Mm-hmm.
2: I think every now and again, when the Sci-Fi Channel was was very young, they would do marathons of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was one of the shows they were able to get when they were when they were still new.
1: They would as, do, like, leap day marathons and stuff like that, wouldn't they?
2: Yeah. I know they yeah. had at
1: least one that, like, Scott Bakula hosted. Mm-hmm. See, I know about this stuff retro retroactively. <laughs> I just looked up everything that happened. But, uh, well, I didn't have cable until early 2000s. So, I mean, when, when Sci-Fi Channel was pretty young, like, I, I didn't have it. So yeah, maybe that's part of it. But Sci-Fi well, Channel helped a lot of shows get cult followings later. Like Mm -hmm. there was a show I I, uh, was obsessed with called She Wolf of London, which was only like a season. And uh, it it was canceled, um, you know, after after the single season, a lot of not a lot of people saw it until it started rerunning on sci fi channel later. And then it got
2: like a a cult following years after it was off the air. And now I've seen episodes on your YouTube channel about that, but I haven't watched them because I never saw the show. But She Wolf of London starred the female cop from Rapid Fire, right?
1: Yeah, Kate Hodge. Okay. She was also in uh Texas
2: Chainsaw Massacre three as well. Oh, that's right. Yep. You had a clip of that on your Rapid Fire episode and I love Rapid Fire. Yeah, I will Rapid watch Fire's that. Fun. I will watch that movie any day. It is so much fun. Um and your your review of that was was outstanding. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you. It's I, I got a lot of old episodes, so I always feel like oh, I, I promise I'm a lot better technically than I was back then. <laughs> but I'm always glad that people are are still enjoying the old stuff.
2: I I did I think three episodes of a uh, YouTube series. I I'm here to tell you that your worst is much better than my best. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> Well, you know what? Like, I've been doing this since um, late 2009. And so there's episodes that are, I mean, uh, when I was like 19, 20 years old. And so I look back at them like, I can't, I can't watch these. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's been a long journey, but uh, I do love Kate Hodge. You know, speaking of like sci-fi channel in its early days, she, she was in that, um, she was in the sequel to The Hidden with Raphael Sabarge. Uh, and that aired on Sci-Fi Channel when it was really new, and it's not—it's not a good movie, but it's fun. It's that's another one I reviewed, but uh, like the original, The Hidden is really good, and uh, The Hidden Two is just a, a shameless copy, but does it so badly, like
2: it's—it's it's hilarious. <laughs> it does it so badly that it—it's better than the original <laughs> because
1: uh, no. of its
2: badness. No? no, not quite that bad. Okay,
1: <laughs> no, Kyle MacLachlan's great. If you guys
2: haven't seen The Hidden, it's a—it's a really good uh, sci-fi movie. I don't, if I did, it was quite some time ago, but I'm, I'm not remembering it right now.
1: It's where Kyle McLaughlin's, uh, McLaughlin, I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, he's a McLaughlin, he's, um, he's an alien and he comes to earth to get, uh, I believe it's a bad alien that has landed and he teams up with a cop so it's like a buddy cop but one of them's an alien <laughs> um but it's played completely straight um it's him and uh michael nuri and uh lots of gooey alien goodness uh claudia christians in it um she plays a, a hooker that the alien possesses so the alien kind of body jumps it's uh it's got some really cool practical effects in it
2: well, as uh, as the former co-host of a uh, Babylon 5 discussion podcast, you know, I'm always there for Claudia Christian.
1: She's great. She um, she was in uh, this other movie I did that was it was or I reviewed. I wasn't in it. Um, <laughs> it was a, a movie called Strays about uh, a pack of domesticated cats that go feral and kill people. like they've taken over a house and so it's a bunch of like little tabby (laughs) cats that are like killing people and and she's in it um spoilers i don't know if you guys care but she dies and uh (laughs) she's just knocked over a balcony by like a cat pouncing on her
2: chest hilarious i i'm pretty sure yeah i i just brought that up on uh imdb on my phone and while I've never seen strays, I know that I saw uh, the case for it back in my old days of working at an actual brick and mortar video store. Awesome. To, to give our younger listeners uh, a frame of reference for when this was, <laughs> I was working at the store when DVDs came out when they started. Oh, we were had people confused a, a, a little bit S- some of our uh, some of our let's say more mature customers. Didn't know what's with this rack of twelve CDs, because that's how many <laughs> that's how many movies we had on DVD when it started. We had a dozen, and it slowly grew from there. All the rest were on video cassette. Ooh.
1: Oh man, I was uh, I was working at a video store when Blu-rays were coming into fashion, and uh, a lot of old people very confused by that. <laughs> we had to explain to them we're like, okay, you know this is a Blu-ray, right? Like you you need to have a Blu-ray player to play this. It won't play in a DVD player. And, uh, you know, about like 50 percent of the time they were like, oh, I got to go back, get a DVD.
2: (laughs) Or they would say, yeah, I'm sure it will work. And then they come back like four hours later. It didn't work.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Most of the time they believed us, (laughs) but they would get confused over a lot of stuff. Like I remember a lady coming in. She was mad because she she accidentally got the remake of Fame rather than the original Fame. And she's like, this is an imposter. (laughs) (laughs) An <laughs> <a> movie. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> One of my favorites was when the lady came in, returning her VHS copy of American Beauty, and telling us that we shouldn't have that available. It's pornographic.
1: And it, that had Scott Bakula in it, playing a yeah. playing a gay guy, yeah? Uh huh. I haven't seen the movie, but I know that much. <laughs> I don't know if it if I could watch it now, though, after the the Kevin Spacey
0: stuff.
2: I. Yeah, that especially consider that. Yeah, don't watch it. Don't watch
0: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be a bit. Yeah.
2: At, at first, it was just a knee-jerk reaction. Don't watch it because it's Kevin Spacey and apparently he's a creep. Uh, but then there's the fact that <clears throat> his character's, uh, you he's know. He's
1: perving on, on young girls, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's he's got a yeah. crush on his daughter's best friend who's Sweet. probably, like, 16 in the film, I think. I can't remember how old the character is. I don't want to think about it too hard because it's just... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys, like, dived deep into, like, the Scott Bakula or Dean Stockwell movie catalogs? The, you guys, like, no. looked into any of their stuff?
2: I mean, <laughs> uh, cer- certainly outside of the show, I've seen um, uh, several things that... Both the actors have done but they they don't tend to make their way into the conversations we have on this podcast oddly enough uh about one half of a podcast episode that we did during season one uh centered around uh breakfast (laughs) okay (laughs) if you if you thought that i said brexit you're wrong we talked about breakfast Um, Yeah, right um i think some of it included uh Ah, uh, Richard, giving me uh, a nice explanation of um, what is generally referred to as what is it proper um, English breakfast? Did did we really do that?
0: Yeah, okay, that sounds I, oh, see-
1: like with the the beans and sausage and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's proper the one. Proper English. I don't remember this at all, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Just take your word for it that it happened. But we did that.
1: You guys I've, won't remember anything from your previous episodes when you start. It's like it's like starting the podcast over again, really.
2: That's that. that ten, yeah, that tends to be how we work. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it does tend to lead to the occasional problem. I mean, I, I think. God, did we? We did a movie commentary for Star Trek Generations. I think three or four times. Uh, <laughs> three or we, four times. We kept forgetting that we'd done it. Well, I, how, I will grant you, though. However, how many
1: times can you watch Generations? Though.
0: <laughs> well, I will say on that note, I'm now done. From now until my eventual death, whenever that may be, I, I'm probably never going to see that movie again. Uh, oh but, well, good. That's yeah, probably for the best. Make it so <laughs> recording sessions might have been an excuse to get incredibly stoned. I, I think, and that well, that now, sort you, of leads now we know why you forgot that you'd done it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and as background Allison, um make it so uh a a no longer in production podcast from simply syndicated one of the first simply syndicated podcasts if i'm not mistaken it, it um, was
0: the the second
2: this the second one yeah the first one what i want to take a guess um what was movies you should see the first one it was okay all right. It was either going to be that or the definitive word. I wasn't sure. The definitive word is the first show that I found.
0: That came much uh, later, much okay. later. Yeah, I think.
2: And ha- have you been able to get confirmation, Richard, on whether or not make it. So was the first star Trek centered podcast. It was, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. The first
1: I, uh, it was only, uh, within the last, um uh, couple months or so that i finished watching next generation for the first time i've I've just been like watching all of the uh all of the star trek shows because uh my dad's a trekkie and so i remember seeing voyager when it was on but i was never really into star trek until uh until recently i started marathoning them it's it's been a lot of fun in timeline
2: order not not in production order but in timeline order she started with enterprise
1: oh no well i wasn't even doing that because of timeline i just watched enterprise first because i like scott Bakula. but right, right it, it right. hasn't it, even really been following that because it was uh it was enterprise and then it was deep space nine and then oh. it was next generation and <laughs> now i'm watching the original series <laughs> So it's been all <laughs> over the place but luckily uh, i've been watching him with phelan and he uh he knows, like he watched Star Trek growing up, so he knows what's going on. So I'm like, wait, who are these people? Why are they fighting? What's going on here? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I get, I get that all the time. Um, my my wife had not watched much Star Trek before we met, so uh, one of the ways that we would spend our evenings um, when we were dating, and then you know all the way up through till today, um, and th- I, this would have been um, 2014. Um, when we first got together, um, and I moved in like six months later and about that time I said, you need to watch Star Trek. It just has to happen. Um, now because I was born in 79, I was, I was there, I was eight years old when next generation came out and the whole family watched it. That is my Trek. Now Mm -hmm. I consider deep space nine to be my favorite, but next generation is the one that I can quote. That's like the
1: comfort one.
2: Right? Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm in the midst of another rewatch of it right now. I put it on the background if I'm doing uh you know Photoshop work or if I'm doing some of my uh uh graphic design uh, contracting gigs. I'll just have Next Generation playing off to the side and just listen to it. Nice. Um so we we burned through Next Generation uh, pretty quick. Deep Space 9 uh and not as fast as Next Generation but but pr- pretty good. Voyager We've been working on that one for at least two years.
1: Oh, man. I totally understand. I just finished that before the original series. Like, I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. So I didn't really remember a lot about it. But rewatching it, man, what a mean show. <laughs> it's mean, right?
2: And it's, sometimes it can be mean. Uh, other times... I think it's just the worst offender as far as Star Trek goes. And this is absolutely a quantum leap discussion. It's not. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it leads into Enterprise, which has
1: Scott Bakula, star right, of does. fun trivia, quantum leap.
2: See, bringing it back around again. That's like <laughs> the third time that you've that you've tried to bring us back on track. You're going to fail. Uh, Voyager <laughs> is the worst offender uh, in Star Trek when it comes to uh, writing the characters acting out of but character. people? Oh yeah. I mean they, they try to establish who a person is, but they will act wildly out of character whenever the plot uh, calls for it.
1: Or and I couldn't tell you who the hell Chakotay was outside of he has his he has a medicine bundle and he says a Kuchimoya mm-hmm. and he, he falls asleep in the background. <laughs> he is my least favorite Star Trek character. He could have died several times over. I'd be really happy and yet when he did I, not i just
0: killed so many people on that ship just <laughs> week one. Oh yeah you know just, i've okay. been the you, creepy you guy they kept locked out. up like yeah <laughs> Th- this is rich I, he, he decided to kill everyone when he found out we were trapped here so go ahead and pitch chakotay
2: and harry out the window and keep the human doctor instead of them i mean come on if for no other reason than the fact that the guy who played the doctor in the pilot excuse me in this in the series premiere before he died um you know ignominiously about halfway through the show, uh, he played a guest star on the season three episode The Hunted of Next Generation.
1: Oh and he w- and I he find was- that hilarious expect- that character is simply called human doctor. They don't even bother giving him a name <laughs> before he's killed by the giant jellyfish. Everyone's hanging out, eating corn on the cob. What was that pilot? They set uh, the tone really early, what you were getting into, didn't they?
2: Oh, yes, they did. Yes, Man, they did. Man, let's,
1: sta- let's start a Voyager podcast. Let's <laughs> complain <laughs> about it. <laughs> Man, what a bad show. Uh, you know, uh, the actors – we're really talented. Um, so I don't blame them for any of this. Like um, I, there was some strong episodes. If it was like Robert Picardo or Jerry Ryan, like they were the strongest uh, characters on that show. But man, it was a slog through a lot of that. Yeah. I,
0: I it, realize now I haven't watched it ever with Allison, which is confusing because my girlfriend's also called Allison, And that in this context is the Allison oh. to which I'm referring to
1: okay
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> don't worry so that's the yeah and we what we're now what 13 14 years and we've never watched voyager together and alison is a star trek fan that has never been a problem in our relationship it was she's always been a star trek fan and is well, remarkably well remarkably knowledgeable about it but we don't well, like what, voyager. Are you,
1: what are what are your feelings on enterprise then
0: I I feel I have a lot more time for it than generally people do, Um, and I have fond memories of watching it. I was at university when it came out, and rather than waiting for it to be on British TV, which I don't know when or if it it must have been on, but I don't know when it was, I was downloading them off LimeWire. at the time <laughs> uh, I think and basically what would happen is I would go back and visit my parents house every weekend where they had broadband because broadband was only just a thing download the weeks with the tv for everyone drive back to Leeds and we'd all sit and watch tv on my computer for the night and Enterprise was one of those shows and we of course mm. had the you know I a lot of my friends were big Trek fans and we had that moment of that's not really the theme song is it that, it's just sort of a, it'll I be just for the pilot theme song. <laughs> it'll be just for the pilot that's not what they'll really do and then that moment when we all gathered round again the next week to find out was it just
1: the pilot oh, it wasn't oh. it's been a long yeah. road
0: <laughs> and, and so you know yeah I have fun memories of Enterprise and also Scott Bakula being in it also helped mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You, I was, but I, I must admit I, I was just always waiting for it to really somehow i i think they wish they could have done with it what was just done with discovery but they didn't and it yeah
1: around season four it started to get better like if that was how they had started the show and then gone up from there i think it it would have had a better chance yeah because they were starting to do some better things with it I, i feel like but uh it was but an yeah. odd
0: time. I mean, season season one was great. I I would argue that until Discovery, that was the best season one of any series, of any Star Trek series. Uh, season two was just a complete and total waste of everybody's time and money. Is, uh, is
1: that the one that had the Pond Farm episode in it? I think so. Where she's running around like some kind
0: of sex yeah. ghoul? It, yeah. The, <laughs> the, it was a very bad series. And then season three, uh, they suddenly realized... The the was this other show called Twenty Four, and uh, everyone had suddenly realized you could make a whole series be one story, and I, I think that's where we, when we started to get the Zindi stuff and Star Trek started being non-episodic, and it, oh my gosh, you could totally tell, yeah. you know,
1: Twenty Four and and post nine eleven television, um, a lot of it was very like allegorical to fighting the terrorists and i think mm-hmm. 24 was was part of the reason a lot of tv started mimicking that and you could absolutely tell in in season three of enterprise that what they were doing with the zindi storyline and, and it was exactly that
0: yeah uh and for that reason i find season three of enterprise is probably the least watchable of any series of star trek because you You've got to watch it's the whole kinda thing. It's kind of mean.
1: It's it's got that same kind of Voyager vibe, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, I, you, you know, I never felt easy watching it. It wasn't great stuff. And, and Enterprise had some great episodes, but not enough of them. See, the one, uh, season... the one with
1: the uh, where he's got the the memory thing going on, where he he can't remember new things, so every day it's it's a blank slate again. Mm-hmm. That was a really good episode.
0: Yep, they had a Borg I episode. Agree. They had a Mirror Universe episode. Tons of great. Those stuff. were good.
2: Yeah. Season three was my favorite season of Enterprise. Well, you oh, no, just we wronged Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just wrong. I, I
1: feel like season three. I think was better as far as like um, getting their act together a little bit more, like being more cohesive with things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like. Uh, some of the sexism was really amped up. Uh, like there, There is sort of a, a bit of a skeevy vibe about Enterprise, and I, I think it was a lot worse in that season than than the other ones. But uh, I feel like plot-wise, they knew what they wanted to do a little better. But season four, I think, uh, balanced it out more because uh, it didn't quite feel so gritty with things. It felt a, a little more organic to me.
2: Yeah, I while season three was definitely a bit on the dark side, uh, the fact that they were trying to tell a season long story, I really enjoyed. Now, certainly there are episodes, many episodes in that third season that do not tie in directly or very strongly with that overarching season story. Uh, they're mainly just self-contained episodes that might mention the Zindi storyline at the beginning and or the ending. Um But there are other episodes that deal very strongly with the ongoing Zindi story. And I liked that they were taking that chance and trying to tell a bigger story that you can't just fit into one episode, which ends with hitting the reset button so you can start the next week exactly where you were before. That Uh, was a a bit like. That's why I like season three so much.
1: That was a bit like what they were doing with Deep Space Nine and the war going on. But I feel like they they had a little more um, uh, season long stuff going on with uh, with Enterprise than they had done with uh, with Deep Space Nine. So it was good for Star Trek because, yeah, a lot of it was just very episodic. And so it was nice to have things from one episode run
2: into another and and kind of mean something Mm -hmm. Uh, on Deep Space Nine. It was they, they had the dominion war storyline going on in the background and they would touch on it every couple episodes you would have it deal with the dominion war and then you move on to other things whereas except
1: until like the end of the series and then they were able to have like a string of episodes that were about it which is i guess sort of the whole season of uh enterprise for for three
2: yeah um and when you get into season four of enterprise they had they clearly learned a few things from season three. They said, We don't want to do just, you know, 42-minute stories that are contained between the two sets of credits and that's it. They wanted to take their time with some of these stories, which is why some of them are uh you know two, three episodes long. Um but they they knew that the Zindi story didn't didn't play out as well as they had hoped. So instead of trying to do another season-long story, they said, Well, let's tell bigger stories, but Let's just do a bunch of smaller ones rather than one that takes up the whole season. And I know a lot of people really enjoy season four because of that. Um, I enjoy it as well. Just for whatever reason, I like the the Zindy season just a little bit better. Um, but those individual stories that they tell in season four uh, are really a lot of fun. I like those.
1: If um, if I could bring the topic to uh back around to
0: Quantum Leap um <laughs> on this show is that... yeah yeah i was just gonna try myself it's cool well, go well, for it
1: uh, i i was gonna ask um is that why it it, it appears that you're fond of the evil leaper storyline like it, it, did you like that because it was it was quantum leap's first attempt to kind of tell a a longer story
2: um yeah i i think part of it is is because for apparently as long as I can remember, I if there's a series that I enjoy, I like when they try to tell a bigger story that you need to pay attention to and come back in order to get all of it. Mm-hmm. So part of it is because of that, and another part is <clears throat> I've always been I've always been a sucker for uh, dramatic stories, be it in uh, you know science fiction or drama or comic books, wh- wh- whatever type of medium, where. They introduce a story that adds an element that's not going to be just a, a one and done episodic thing, but a larger element that that fits into into the framework, into the mythology of the story that could cause major problems down the road. When we had the introduction of the concept of the evil leaper on Quantum Leap, once you see that, you know they could bring this back anytime this is a you know a, a recurring threat mm-hmm. which is especially compelling in a tv series that is based on two characters that you follow all the time and everyone around them
0: changes every single week it does give it a bit more depth
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and it 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 adds to the law it, it also allows us to say oh you need to have seen this last episode which mm-hmm. is something i think we all enjoy a little bit it's that little bit of i, I know this because i'm a fan kind of thing mm.
2: you can't just jump into into this episode and watch it because you're not going to understand it i understand it yeah
1: it's well, you know it, it's nice too to have characters who are familiar with sam who aren't just like his buddy trying to help them out uh, right. Like some characters that have some history with them. And um, it's interesting trying to theorize uh, how they came about because the show never explains it. Uh, presumably they were going to if they were renewed. But um, I mean, if you try and piece together certain things that happened around it, uh, it's uh, plausible to think that Sam was the one who inadvertently caused this project to come to be. Um because there's that uh, that hand link that gets left behind uh, in the 40s when he and Al switch places, that mm-hmm. technology could have been used by people to create this project. Um, there was the one with uh, the aliens where uh, Sam is uh, drugged under this truth serum, and these government agents are getting him to record secrets about his time travel project. That audio could have gone out, it gotten out, and gotten to some people. Um, And if you go into like the theological discussion of the show, I mean, if God is the one that's leaping Sam around, then who's leaping around the evil people? Well, it's it's got to be the devil,
2: right? Working through their Lothos while God is working through Ziggy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like it doesn't have to be like a literal thing, you know, like literally the devil's there. But certainly, you know, there's some aspects of good versus evil and God and the devil there. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I find that very interesting.
2: Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think you were pretty accurate in your guess as to why I enjoyed the the concept of the evil Leaper. It it added so much potential for for more drama Uh to show up in the future. And the episode where um, where she's introduced was also um, the type of episode that could grab a viewer like me for, for another reason as well. Because as we said, we get Sam and we get his friend Al. Those are the only two people that we see all the time. Everyone else changes every single episode. So when we get to the end of the previous episode and we see that Sam has leapt into Jimmy, someone he's already leapt into before... Mm-hmm. That's a character that we know and and his his friends and family in that leap are characters that we know. So out of nowhere to hit us with a big dose of familiarity makes someone really excited in that in that moment. So when they hit the closing credits and you know that next week you're going back to some place that you've that you've been before and you get to revisit and see what happened, you you get really psyched up for that. So you show up um You know, really eager to see what they're going to do with this character that we're already familiar with and how that's going to develop. And then halfway through, you hit us again with the concept of another leaper that is working contrary to what Sam and Al are doing. And then your mind explodes. (laughs) <laughs> because all the different possibilities that they could that they could open up with this type of story are are laid out in front of you, and then you get sad because it's it's quite a while before they come back, and they only come back once. Yeah, well, it was a two parter at least. That's that's true. That did help.
1: I um I've read uh, a couple scripts uh for Evil the Evil Leaper episodes. There was one that was it was an unproduced episode that eventually became the. Um, the first time they came back, the uh, Return of the Evil Leaper, where he's like, uh, Sam's like the superhero kid. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a, an earlier version of that script where it w- he, he was just like a Batman type. Like he was called the Avenger and he was like a, a rich guy who's got like this superhero thing going on in a mansion. It was basically just like Batman. And... uh and Aaliyah is, she shows up again and she's a reporter and, and it follows sort of the same beats as that story um, the, of the episode. It eventually became, but it just has like a downer ending. Yeah, like it's just sort of, I think either she dies or she's just evil and they go like next time. haha. Um, <clears> ha. <throat> and there was a, there's another version of the, uh, the episode it eventually became the return of the evil leaper where, uh, Aaliyah doesn't have her redemption arc again, like she's just evil by the end. And uh, she and Sam are fighting until they leap out for the second part of it. And I find that interesting that uh, earlier versions, they they didn't go as soft as the the episodes did. I I still like the episodes for sure, but like um, I felt like Aaliyah kind of turned good too quickly. Like I feel like she needed like a little more of an arc to go with that.
2: Yeah, she she almost starts right from the beginning in her in- introduction as the reluctant villain.
1: Yeah, but that's kind of interesting, too. The fact that, um, like, what are these evil leapers doing? Like, are they just, like, kidnapping people off the street and, like, t- making them be villains? I mean, that's kind of interesting, too, because, uh, you know, she, she and uh, Zoe both talk about, like, you know, we don't want to go back to where we came from. It's like, well, what where did they come from? Like, were they just people that? ended up in this project somehow and they're kind of stuck in time too. it kind of interesting
2: it felt to me like they were trying to set it up as whereas sam is a a a person a human who built a device that could allow him to do this they almost painted as though uh the evil leapers and their handlers and their computer it's just hell they are they're they're demons they're they're trapped souls from hell that are being sent up to to leap and cause problems and lothos is not really a computer but the devil they don't they don't say that but if they had said that it would have worked in you know fairly fairly well with what they were setting up maybe not so much with the two-parter because then you have your your comic relief hologram show up yeah and that seems more tech based than hell based. But if that's where they had started from saying, you know, we you have angels and you have demons who leap around and possess people and cause problems and then leave again. But now we have this human who has inserted himself into into their workings through technology that that's what makes Sam uh, a wild card for doing good.
1: Yeah, you know, that kind of ties into the boogeyman as well. Uh, when he meets up with the devil, and the devil says, "You know, who are you to to put right what I made wrong?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it kind of ties into that. I, I never really interpreted it as as quite so literal as being from hell. Uh, I do find it interesting that they always refer to. The computer, like the computer's in charge, you know, like Lothos isn't really happy with this or Lothos says this or whatever. And like, it's not like at at Project Quantum Leap, Ziggy is in charge. Like Ziggy is the computer, but it's not running the show. So I kind of wonder about the, the Lothos thing.
2: More things that they could have explained if they had done a season six or if they want to pick up my pitch, they can explain it there as well. Mm hmm. Because we'll we'll end that first season with Lothos escaping somewhere, who knows where. Uh, Sam's body uh, leaps away to who knows where, so he is lost again. And then, yeah, that's right. It did take place in the future because it, I didn't, I did not take the time to explain how this would happen. I just think it would be a fun cliffhanger, where the season finale ends with they're they're in the evil quantum leap uh, facility, and. Their accelerator activates and a person shows up in the evil quantum leap accelerator, and it's Aaliyah. And everyone says, Oh, it's the evil Leaper, Aaliyah. What's she doing here? But instead of it actually being Aaliyah, it's Ziggy in Aaliyah's body saying, You can't go back to 2018, there's nothing left. Unconscious, the end. I have no idea where that story would have gone, but I just thought it would have been a a wicked fun cliffhanger to (laughs) bring people back for the next season.
1: You gotta write Netflix. this fanfic, man. Netflix,
2: are you listening? <laughs> Anybody?
1: <laughs> I I feel like if they if they did another quantum leap, I would rather it just be a a hard reboot. Um, not that I wouldn't want to see them again because I I'd watch the hell out of it, you know, if it had Scott Bakula or Dean Stockwell or whatever. But I feel like um, it's just very different how TV is made nowadays, and uh, it would just be a very different feel and. And also I feel like it'd be a little sad to to say that Sam was just gone for 25 years and Al's still waiting for him and all that. So I I don't know. Like I feel like maybe a fresh take would be
2: preferable to me, but who knows? When I come up with storylines like that, I know that I turn a little bit sadistic because I I I look for ways to put the screws to the characters that we love. And mm-hmm. and just really shit on their entire day <laughs> because there's a lot of drama to be found there uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's not always good drama and maybe that's why I have not found much success as a writer but that's that's the type of story that I, I like to see on television is to see the characters go through the worst things possible so when they triumph it's that much bigger a victory
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean I regularly watch all of the CW superhero shows, so uh, Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know why I do that to myself, but I watch it. Uh, um, Riverdale, their top uh, superhero show. That one, that one, I have not <laughs> been watching because it does not tie in with the others. It's not in okay. the same universe, so I'm not going. I'm not going to take the time. Uh, Archie's super... not going
1: to be joining with uh, Samuel L. Jackson anytime soon.
2: <laughs> <sighs> that I would watch. Um, But when I watch those shows, like, for example, Arrow, um, and the second season, I think, did it the best, where the entire season, uh, someone who was his friend... uh, Now, do you watch Arrow, or have you watched Arrow? No. Okay. Um, For the first five seasons of the show, they would split every episode. You would have stuff going on in the present, and then you have a scene in flashback. It jumps five years back to tell the story of how Oliver Queen became the green arrow so the premiere episode of the show has him returning home to to his city after uh five years uh being lost he was in a shipwreck and five years later he comes home and during that episode you get flashbacks to when the shipwreck actually happened and he washed up on uh on an island in the south china sea and those two stories run parallel for five seasons you see him Fighting crime in the present day and you see him growing and learning to become a vigilante in, in the previous five years. They introduce the character of Slade Wilson, who in the comics is uh, Deathstroke. They introduce him in the first season and they're friends for that whole season. In the second season, things go sour and they become enemies. And that's happening at the same time that the present day story has him returning and just destroying Oliver Queen's life all season long. It's it's sad and it's mean and it's depressing. But when you get to the end of the season and he finally emerges victorious, it's like I said, it's that much bigger a victory because you've seen the character so utterly destroyed during the course of that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm starting to wonder if there if I might have a problem that I enjoy <laughs> stories like that so much.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I I like stories that are very angsty or dramatic like my favorite uh quantum leap is a uh, shock theater when he's in the mental asylum um I no but
2: <laughs> I, I don't love the alphabet rap that i love <laughs> oh, that's my the ink. number
1: one reason to love shock theater yeah,
2: it's <laughs> brilliant that oh, abc rap so good I, um, I'm i'm certain that when we get to that episode on this podcast <laughs> i'm going to appreciate it more because it's not like i've seen that episode recently Oh, man, I I love the hell out of the ABC rap. I'm sure that I've matured to the point where I will appreciate that scene the way it should be when I get back to it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I I love stuff like that, like the really dramatic episodes. But I like it to be the exception rather than the rule. Like, I don't want the entire season to feel heavy. Uh, So that's why I'm kind of uh, weary of or leery, I guess, of, uh, you know, some shows that that have arcs that are just depressing the whole time because i i would rather have it, it be a little lighter and and then when it gets dark it really hits you but so it, it, of, it just so,
2: depends on the format so game of thrones is not your favorite show
1: no no not at all <laughs> yeah you'll it, it's hard to find shows that are less than a 20 year vintage that i am watching currently um i'm watching riverdale i i do like riverdale um but I mean, like uh, for mo- for the most part, most of the time, I'm watching things like I'm just diving deep into things that are you know 20, 30 years old. Like uh, right now, I'm watching a uh, Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, which is uh, a short-lived detective show starring Jeff Goldblum and Ben Berene, Um which I just think is hilarious. But uh, nobody else is watching this right now because it's a uh, it's 30 years old.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I know I've heard of it. I, I heard it mentioned recently. I think it was on one of the podcasts. I I, I subscribe to like thirty or forty podcasts, so it has to be on one of those. Okay, but it's I, a, it's fun. I haven't seen it. I well now I'm gonna have to look it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the pilot I know is on YouTube, so at least there's that.
2: Oh okay. Oh, that'll work if it's on the torrents, then I will regret. not that I not that I uh, uh, condone. The use of torrents at all no no of course not no i'll find it
1: <laughs> have you guys been uh been watching the uh the quantum leap blu-rays or have you were you watching the old like universal dvds
2: um
0: Richard, I, I go ahead i have the dvds mine are just a shitty digital dvd copy now i can't get the blu-rays here
2: oh okay
1: the uh, the Blu-rays are nice, or the uh, Mill Creek DVDs, because um, they have all the original music on it. But also because they use the uh the HD masters, and when you compare them to like the Universal DVDs, like some of them look so ugly, like they're so yellow and the tapes kind of gone bad, like it's kind of rough. I think with the DVDs though, Richard, you were probably a little luckier because the the Region Two DVDs had most of the original music I, th- I think it was just the first and the last season right or or maybe the last that uh that had the replacements i don't know i didn't know they'd done that they did um, on the uh oh, yeah. the american dvds they replaced a lot of the music including the end of uh m.i.a they changed georgia on my mind to something else
2: <laughs> like like, <laughs> like people some... really mad some stock sound alike music because there's a lot of trouble with with the rights especially with all the time hopping they were doing they would sometimes use songs that were you know appropriate for the year that they were in or at least mm-hmm. the time period that they were in but they couldn't always retain those rights for the for the home video releases so I know they had to change a lot now the the blu-rays do they have all the original music uh, restored They do yeah okay. everything's the original um, I'm and hoping, they look a lot better so I'm hoping to get the blu-ray set cuz it's it's really fairly well priced to get the whole series on Blu-ray off of Amazon uh, for five seasons of a television show. Uh, the price tends to be pretty reasonable. I just haven't been able to you know, carve out that much. I usually spend my money on uh, you know, a set of Star Trek blueprints or uh, my wife just for kicks. It wasn't even for, uh, you know, it was not for Christmas or a birthday or our anniversary. She just for the heck of it dropped uh, to 250 on uh, a Tri-dimensional chess set
1: nice that's the the stacked sets from uh from star trek yep oh man star trek's got like the best fandom (laughs) like i'm i'm so late jumping in on this because like generally um the genre i I gravitate toward is like supernatural stuff like buffy and things like that and so Mm -hmm. it's it's been recent that i've gotten into uh more sci-fi and uh And getting into Star Trek, man, it's weird because everything I, like, obsess over has no fandom or it's dead. And then there's, like, Star Trek, and they're, like, making duplicates of all the props. They got all (laughs) sorts of, like, behind-the-scenes things. Like, you could buy, like, a lock of hair for Worf's costume. What? Okay. (laughs) Here I am. You know what I've been doing with Quantum Leap? I just ordered a bunch of uh, scripts uh, from the show, like, because sometimes you can find – earlier drafts that have like weird things in them. You know, like I was talking about with the evil leaper ones. Mm -hmm. So that's like, I got to dig deep for stuff on quantum (laughs) league. I'd love (laughs) if they made like a hand link prop. I'd buy the hell out
2: of that. I've been looking for one of those forever. I think what I would prefer even more than just a hand link prop is uh, a smartphone case. That's not just, you know, the design of the hand link printed on the back of some cheap ass plastic uh, phone cover but actually molded to the shape of the hand link that you can fit uh, your smartphone into. That'd be so good. That's Man, what they I, need we to got, make. You got to,
1: you got to make one with some Legos or something. And get a homemade one. <laughs> I would,
2: <laughs> I, I have to teach myself how to design things for a 3d printer. Yeah. And then, and then have one 3d printed with hopefully like some type of, uh, you know, shock absorbing, uh, you know, rubberized plastic that you can, If you could squeeze your phone into that and still have access to to the controls on the sides, that would be a fun phone case.
0: Yeah,
1: Um,
2: that'd be super fun. And a a lot of those props, harder to find than you think. Whereas, like you said, with Star Trek, uh, you just whisper towards the internet, Star Trek memorabilia. Boom. And everything is exploding with with stuff that you can buy. Think think back to Next Generation, the episode where it, it titled The Inner Light, where Picard... Lives an entire lifetime on another planet, mm-hmm. has a wife and kids. Yeah, teaches himself how to play the flute, and at the end of the episode, there's that flute that he taught himself to play. And that flute comes back a few times uh, throughout the rest of the series. Oh, I'm well have, aware of his flute. I have a I have a <laughs> replica of this flute behind me right now on on a shelf in my office. Nice. Did you did you notice the stunt
1: hands when he did the flute? There was an episode he's playing the flute, and it's someone else's hands. While he's playing it? Uh,
2: y- y- yes, yes. Yeah, I remember yes. that.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, you, know, you know what's great about Star Trek fans? Like, they're all like me. Okay? Because, like, every time, like, I obsess over something, like, um, it's not what normal people do. But Star Trek fans are all like that. There's no not a normie in the bunch. There's just a bunch of obsessive <laughs> nerds. So, like, they're going after, like, oh, man, I need a replica of this little thing and this little anal detail. And I'm like, ah, oh, my people...
2: <laughs> that's what turns me off of so many uh props or or replicas of star trek stuff when when i find them online so no well that detail's not right if <laughs> you, you go to etsy and someone is selling a you know a full-size bat leth. so no that's not what it looks like that doesn't curve there <laughs> that thing is not so straight and the wrapping is not it's not felt it's it's a leather wrap on all three handles what's wrong with you get it oh, right. a bunch of patawks out there Exactly. Getting their bat lists wrong. <laughs> there you are. But see...
1: Valen's oh, I, I, like that with Ghostbusters props. He's like, mm-mm, that's not what the, what the proton pack looks like. Gotta it fix had, that.
2: It, it didn't have five lights. It had six going down the side.
1: Uh-huh. There are four lights! <laughs>
2: <laughs> see, that's one of the reasons I love my wife, is she will take the time to find a good prop re- replica, like the Resican flute, or she... At the the tri-dimensional chess was from the Franklin Mint 50th anniversary edition uh, replica of of the set, so the pieces are plated in sterling silver and 24 karat gold. Wow! Um, with uh, acrylic platforms, uh, so you can see through them like like you should on the show. And if she can't find good props like that, then she just makes stuff for me. Uh, she got just Is she a, a
1: prop maker.
2: No, not, not really a prop maker, but she can be crafty when she wants to. So okay. for one of my birthdays a couple of years ago, she had gotten just a, a standard flat bottom uh, glass like from the dollar store. And then she also went out and she got her hands on a bunch of Star Trek The Next Generation comic books. And she cut out characters and word balloons and panels and images from that comic. And using Mod Podge, she covered the entire glass with uh, Star Trek uh, comic books. Images. So Aww, it's just a nice really little craft glass, cool. and you know, I'm in, in addition to doing graphic design work and Photoshop stuff, I also um, I went to college for uh, traditional art. I I do a lot of sketching, and all of my uh, artist pencils, along with one Sonic Screwdriver, are in that homemade uh, Star Trek comic book glass.
1: Oh, that's really cool. That's fantastic. And that's one of a kind too. Exactly. Do you got anything cool like that, Richard? Don't want to leave you out.
2: No,
0: I have nothing like that.
1: <laughs> do you, Do you like get any like props or toys or replicas
0: or no? Nothing. I have nothing. nothing. There Don't you have a... any
1: like Doctor Who items? Isn't that Doctor Who land over there?
0: No, nothing. <laughs> I've got I've got a, a next gen medical tricorder somewhere that somebody oh, sent. That's cool. But I was uh, I was just
2: going to ask if it. you had ever been able to to track down. Um, uh, a vape mod designed to look like a tricorder or i i know i saw once upon a time someone had turned uh you know a, a large full-size um 11th doctor sonic screwdriver with the uh you know with the green light at the end of it someone had modified that into uh into a vaporizer
0: i i think that's where it was going like you have to make your own and i i didn't think that that should be something that i made my own one of <laughs> like for, for, you
1: make it wrong, it's all yeah. janky looking you're like, oh this, oh this is my homemade vape.
0: Well more, more so sort of a sort of avoiding explodey face kind of things. I I, yeah. know, I I much prefer like official products made by people who know what they're doing so that I don't um, explode. Any news
2: story that you see about someone who's using an e-cig and it, like, exploded in their
0: hand or yeah, in their that, pocket. I'd, I'd be in the new, like, uh, vapor dies, see, vaping's dangerous. and Yeah, be like, no, he was some moron who made his own thing and strangely right. blew his head off. Like,
2: yeah. <laughs> that, that's where all the explosions come from. If you buy the ones that are, you know, made by professionals, then you have less of a problem. But it's when people decide, I can do this myself. Obviously, they can't because now half of their face is missing
0: yeah
1: could it really be that volatile that explosion
0: um the the explosion can be potentially because it's just a, a heating element so if you overheat it it can pop
1: like is it like blow your face off kind of explosion or like you it know put de- a jawbreaker in the microwave kind of explosion
0: i would depend on a lot of stuff but i suppose mm. one could rig together some sort of thing that could cleanly remove a face but this you, this
1: seems like there's a really no a Mythbusters need to be, yeah, mystery there's, here
0: you'd have a hard time doing it with an actual product that have all kinds of safeguards and stuff built in you know yeah yeah but wow that's that's about as far from quantum leap as I think we can get yeah <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry, I, I, I'm
1: very distractable
0: it's okay so am I it's it's fine uh, but I think we should wrap the show because we've been a while. Uh, but it's good to be back. Hey, Scott. Hey, Richard. It's good to be back. <laughs>
2: yes, it is. I did not know that we were uh, installing that call and response. But, but yes, I, it I, is.
0: It's okay. <laughs> I it was a spur of the moment thing. It didn't work. I'll I'll make a note of that and move on.
2: We'll we'll plan it out for next time. Oh, by the way, I have an outline for for future episodes, so it won't be tangent-filled, uh, meandering conversations that end up talking about proper English breakfast. We won't have that starting with season two. We're going so, to have a structure.
0: You keep saying it, and I'm going to have to go and have proper English breakfast, which is no good because <laughs> it's 10.38 at night here now. <laughs> but
1: Yeah, I think if you if you just look for sections where we start talking about Star Trek, if you skip forward about 15 minutes, you'll probably be able to cut out a, a good chunk.
0: Oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> I'd do very little anything. But Thank you <laughs> okay. for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. And thank you for joining us, Alison. It's been a delight. Thanks for having me. No problem uh, we're at gonna,
2: all. We're going to extend to you, Allison, an open invite. If there are any episodes that you especially like of Quantum Leap, let us know what they are. We will bring you on to discuss those episodes when we get to them.
0: Sure, that'd be fun. Hopefully we'll all know which episodes those are and when that's happening. Uh, and yeah, we'll be better organized from now on. I promise. Yes. <laughs> I'm promising everybody there. So the entire world. And so, yeah, all that remains to say now is thank you for listening. We'll be back another time with more remote patrol. Oh, boy. See you later. (laughs) That's from the oh, boy bag I keep on my desk.